to this week's episode of the nerds of the roundtable podcast uh this week we'll be talking about episodes three and four of uh falcon and the winter soldier uh number episode three is going to be called power broker and episode four is the whole world is watching this week joining me is lucas watkins we got uh, joshua reinhardt aka spidey jonathan duckett and my little brother, Ethan Beecham. All right. And this episode opens up. We see a GRC ad uh, saying how they need to uh, basically um, restab- well, reestablish one, world one order. One thing I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of different ads or something that. that's kind of similar to something like this. And it, 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 I feel like it's really reminiscent of like a lot of the ads you see nowadays for like the corona, like the coronavirus and stuff like that that we've seen a lot on TV and whatnot. Like trying to get back into normal society and different things like that. Like trying to return how things were, like how like businesses have been shut down because of coronavirus and stuff like that. So like it's very reminiscent of that, I think. And I don't know if it's like that's just like their version of like basically the coronavirus because like you know with like the blip everyone was gone so like it feels like that's kind of like how it was with the coronavirus too that like everyone just got vanished out of thin air there was nobody around so i feel like the whole world changed yeah exactly like it feels like everyone just disappeared and i feel like the coronavirus is both kind of tied to how the blip was as well because it feels like it feels very similar in a way because like maybe maybe disney planned it that way maybe 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 disney caused the coronavirus i feel like we can relate to the blip i feel like that's what they're trying to play here with this ad in the beginning of this episode is just like because there were supposedly there was supposed to be a lot of references to the coronavirus in the show but they cut them because it wouldn't work because it wouldn't make any sense like uh story-wise and plot-wise so they took that stuff out and that's why you'll see a lot of weird cuts uh that we've seen a lot in episode four and everything but we'll talk about that later um but yeah uh do you want to go over to the next scene already uh right Uh, so after we see the GRC ad, um, we jump over to John Walker breaking into the uh, uh, the building that uh, Carly and yeah, her the friends the flag the smashers. Uh, the flag the hand. I wish they were in them. Uh, oh right man, now. the hand. Did I say the hand? <laughs> that's that's uh, that's, that's a little bit of Iron Fist smasher. kind of dealing. You're right. <laughs> yeah right yeah um so uh flag smashers uh which their logo is a hand with the world on it uh so um we see uh john walker going into the building that was uh you know sheltering the flag smashers uh that we saw in episode two um 
uh, John Walker is interrogating the guy very, uh, very non Captain America like, uh, and then the guy spits in his face. Basically, not my Captain America. Says, Do you know who I am? <laughs> I think and that like says, that was uh, kind of the first. I know who you are, but I don't care. The first of several outbursts that we're gonna see from John Walker yeah. as this series continues, because that I I believe that was the moment when things started to turn because we we started, started to see getting unhinged he's very unhinged he's uh his desire to be Absolutely. like cap is going to the point to where like so overboard where he, he can't he's, he's acting more like not like cap mm-hmm. um in his urge to be like him you know what i mean the more he tries to be like him the less he is and um I mean, think about how much pressure that would be on you, especially if somebody we see uh, later, I think mm-hmm. it's in episode four, whenever he says, uh, I got three medals of honor uh, because of the three worst days of my life. So imagine the amount of PTSD he has uh, from that. And also now he's adding all of this he's pressure. Of, an aggressive uh, person. Because you think about America. Cap was in World War Two. I, I don't and think. And he's seen a lot of I stuff, be, but he didn't let that in, affect him. In those shoes. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. He, I kind of like to think. John Walker's kind of like yeah, a, a soldier's he, soldier. He, he didn't know? make the cut. And Captain to get America the was. He couldn't even the super soldier uh, project soldier. in the first place. Whenever he became he didn't bullies and he wanted to make the world a better place. Exactly. And so it was really. Um, he was a very passive aggressive right. person. Right. His his reasonings for fighting were were much yep. better. I believe. I think. Well, they say it several times. There's no one else like Steve Rogers. Yep. Um, and, and that's why he was the one and only reason why the, the super soldier serum was successful. The only instance that they feel like. Well, like you were saying, how well, we see in episode four, there is somebody else like Steve Rogers. Unhinge and yep. lose, <laughs> like lose himself. I've noticed like as the, as the episodes have gone on, he isn't as clean shaven as he was in the first episode when he made his first appearance yeah. on the on uh, on the field and the football field. And then we also he has started to develop these weird ticks. Like you see him twitch in like weird ways and stuff like that during parts of the episodes, especially episode four. Yeah. And well, he just has these weird nervous ticks. And I think I think uh evan's right that he's basically suffering going to be starting to suffer from some type of ptsd that's going to be affecting him and basically what turning him into a super patriot yeah he's um i I like to think i saw him start trying to grow a beard and i was like come on man you can't be like infinity workout you can't have a luscious mane even that he can't he can't bring up it's subpar in comparison yeah. If you watched, uh, he did an interview recently, and he had an actual beard. And I was like, it was it was long and thick, but it was unkept and scraggly. I was like, Chris Evan does it better even then. I, uh, <laughs> Hashtag my, not my cap. He can't even grow a cap beard right. That if, Peter, uh, can you duck it? Yeah, but I'm it not Captain America. If that, yeah. like the directors of the series right now with like Disney and stuff like that, if they're intentionally making the actor 
not you know worry about his own hygiene and stuff like that as a way to make him look like he's becoming unhinged in a way that are more you do i will say this that his hair looks way oilier than it did in the first episode well maybe he's italian i don't know man i know me i'm italian and if i don't wash my hair regularly it gets super oily shower well, I think that's probably the rugged look too. It's like they're on, they're out in field, they're doing missions. He hasn't had time to stop. He's pushing himself to the limit. And I think we see that kind of st- at the start of it. That's why he kind of looks unkept in that kind of manner. Because even in the uh, next episode, he does kind of clean up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point, it was showing him up. I'm also wondering. Uh... I'm also wondering is is there something going on in the background that we're not seeing on uh, John Walker's mm-hmm. side? Like, is the president on his, uh, uh, you know, after him trying to figure out what's happening with the Flag Smashers? You know, uh, mm-hmm. how many government organizations are above him and putting all this pressure to f- uh, figure out yeah, what's happening? Yeah, this on is like him, his you know? first real mission as Cap. To, uh, have all and this he wants to be successful but now he has in the it. Entire world looking. And at if him. he can't be, if he can't even do one mission as Cap correctly, then he, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like for him, it's like why is he even Cap? You know, that's the thing is he he's trying to live up to his standard. How can he do that if he can't even do one mission? I guarantee it's uh, Thaddeus right. Ross. I guarantee it's it's uh, General Thaddeus Ross that's uh, uh, sending him on all these missions. Right. Oh right, man, so, uh... he be giving me mad sometimes. Ah. Oh my goodness, that'd be crazy. Ross is power broker. Oh my goodness, let's put some gamma right Watch it be Ross. I can totally in the first see place. it. I think I have a new theory. No, I was saying like getting the uh, serum stolen uh, from Ross or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so uh, mm-hmm. moving on from that scene, we see uh, Bucky is in the prison. Oh, I love the prison uh, scene. I thought it was. Uh, they're, well, they're for talking, one, I thought it was funny uh, that he was Johnny, like when he had pulled him aside to this. tell him about it. He was like, you know, this is what well, theoretically, what if this happened and it already happened and. Stuff like that. Like he gave him, he gave him everything Zemo needed to do to get out on his own. And I love how that moment they used to, that was like the first moment they started to flesh out Zemo because See, in Civil War, we got a two dimensional kind of character. Yeah, I'm confused and, because, like, whenever we see like Bucky talking to Zemo and everything, Bucky points out his book that he's reading, mm-hmm. uh, which is Machiavelli or whatever. And they've always, like, Baron Zemo has always been that kind of, uh, type of a villain and everything with like like related to Machiavelli and different things like that um but my question is when he points out that book and Zima opens the book and it has the key card in it that book was already in his cell before Bucky even got there so did was Zemo already ready to break out of prison or was he waiting for the opportunity to arise for a reason for him to break out that's a good question. Um, I would have to watch that scene more closely. I'm not for sure. Maybe because didn't he slip through something through the slot? I'm pretty sure he hated him something through the slot. I don't know. Um, I Evan, didn't you rewatch that scene? Yeah, yeah it, I don't know. Like I like I was saying, like they these. Yeah, it's kind of unclear when you rewatch it because it looks like they recut it. Out. So I think I think that. 
either Bucky gave him the card and they just never put it in the original footage or yeah. the, the final cut or whatever it, of it. It seemed to insinuate that he gave him the card. Like he set the motion, everything into motion. He just gave him the card. Yeah. Yes. Oh. No matter how much they cut out, I love that. At least they gave us. They the did better than cut. DC. They were quicker on it. So, so my favorite scene in the the prison is um, when Bucky uh, meets with Zemo. Um, he, Zemo tries the words on him. Yeah. Um, knowing knowing that um, he doesn't work like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wanted to see how Bucky would react. And Bucky tells him, those days are over. I, mm-hmm. I just, I love that scene. And that's what I'm talking about. It's like, they really use that that whole moment to flesh him out. You start to see how more cunning and diabolical he is. He's all about getting into people's heads. Um, you see that right from the start. Right. He's already putting work in on Bucky, seeing if he can he's, push he's the He's very limit. intelligent. Yes. And mm-hmm. he even says that, right. you know, like there's something still in there. Like he can see it. In his eyes, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he has the nightmares. I think that's confirmation of it, is he has the nightmares because I think part of the Winter Soldier that they tried to flesh out is still in there that they're trying to get out of him, and those nightmares are a resurface of his of him as his time as Winter Soldier. Right, I think Bucky will stay like that until um, until he's kind of right a lot of his wrongs. Um, right, and he's so kind of perfect. I, yeah, well, I mean, once I feel like once he he gets his life back on track, once he's um, once he's right some of those wrongs, you know, he's got all those names in his book. When I I feel like once he's gotten through that a little bit, I feel like he'll he'll start to recover. I could just watch um, a whole cut of him doing therapy. that. I think that'd be real good for him. I could just watch a whole scene of him just, you know, fixing his wrongs and being like, I am James Buchanan Barnes. I am no longer the Winter Soldier. Smiles. <laughs> I could just do that all day. Yeah. Watch that. The whole awkward of it. Can't forget rule number three. It's the biggest one. Even though they say each one is the biggest one. Number one is really important. Number two is really important. Can't forget number three. The smile. It's service with the two. smile, really. Yeah, no one got hurt. Smashes a dude's face. <laughs> no one got hurt. I could watch that all day. But then, yes, we get. I like how even though Zemo didn't have a plan, he was given the card. Boom, boom, boom. He was out, and then shows up, and Sam's like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I, I love that scene with um, Zemo breaking out of prison. That was, I mean, so awesome. And he's like, "Theoretically, if I did this, what do you mean?" He's already walking in. He walked in. Sam's like, "What?" Yeah. Um. So, uh. After the scene, we see him uh, breaking out of prison. Uh, then we yeah, uh, we show up start in Zemo's the garage uh, to find out that he is loaded. And uh, so uh, he... Right, right. Um, so uh, Zemo walks over to his yellow car, uh, pulls out a... Uh, yeah, his purple mask was in the uh, back. I don't really remember mm-hmm. what is... What was in the bag, but uh, but the mask was sitting in. 
I can well, look real no, quick. The, sure. the mask was in the back of the car, but uh, he but pulled out a bag. that mask is, what, with, is what's uh, important like, because I guess that mask passport is and things like that. Uh, symbolic know. to what he wore in the in the comic books, and it's a start to an he, even bigger. Better wear that. Yeah, yeah, the mask is what's important. Oh yeah, because it was it was like a persona that he had put on when he put the mask right. on later on. It was like he became a heightened version of himself. It felt like. Um, because he started kicking butt when he put that mouth on, oh, and the 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 way they cut the scenes and videoed it, it was just different than how you normally saw him in scene, and I think they did that intentionally. Well, like I feel like what, uh, what they've done with Zemo. Is what we always not. wanted to see with Red Skull. Which, that's, that became their issue when they have Red to do Skull movies. They, have, they become one shot. Well, here's the thing: he is free now since the exactly. the, uh, the Soul Stone yep. is destroyed. So he could be, you know, a Spectre like character wandering the universe as a cosmic being. Um, I bet that's, that's what it is. He'll, he'll return to Earth eventually. Maybe because there's lines where he's like. There's so many versions of Red Skull that that it could be that I would be excited to see. He can even come back with a daughter. Um, and, alternate and timeline reunite with Zola because I guarantee Zola is not dead. That would be awesome. His mind, maybe not. This might be somewhere. I mean, Who I mean, look at the comics. Zola, Zola never goes away. Not really. Oh, so, well, yeah. Is he's up in the mainframe? <laughs> we, I mean, all we, they have to do is uh, get what the have, writers you know, have uploaded and figure something at the out. Airports and Sam is like dumbstruck that Zemo has all these cars and like his own personal jet and everything. He even has a butler. And then they he's finally dropped <laughs> that he's a baron, that he's a rich baron of uh, of what country is yep. it again? I forget. Um. Um, no, it's yeah. But yeah, he's basically a baron. And Evan, I love that you thought that he was a uh, that was his first name. Baron Zemo was his first name. No, it's, it's his title. <laughs> his title. Nope. I honestly title. never knew. Yeah, I, I realized that yes, during episode four. I was like, uh, wait a second. His full name is Baron Helmut Zemo. Helmut. Sounds yeah. like a helmet. Uh, that's why I said Nastakovia because Sokovia is gone. Uh, he's the Baron of uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. yeah, Sokovia. Remember, he is, his family died in Sokovia, though. though. Yeah, it, it's more so an empty title now, but. Yeah. It's of what was. I, I wouldn't know if it's so empty. He still has a butler. I mean, he's still on that mask. I, don't, I didn't think it was very empty then. No, no I'm saying, like, Sokovia has not it been picked apart. Like, even though he's the Baron of Sokovia, Sokovia is not there really to be a Baron of. Yeah. His, his title's empty, but his money's still there, though, because he got, I think he got a lot of his money from doing... I don't know if uh, it's doing, me, but, uh, like, whenever I saw the butler, back alley I just, deals I don't know why, like but I got this, like, yeah. like um, feeling of Alfred or whatever, whenever I saw it. I really thought of Alfred. It's like, it's like, it's like the reverse Batman. Like, yeah, same here. He's, like, same here. basically the villain version of Batman, and I thought that was so weird. I'll take it. If we get re more reoccurring 
Jarvis. I mean, you could also take his, some uh, Tony Stark his, vibes from it because Tony did well, have a he butler. Took his it's childhood just, butler he, he just made mimicked his, his voice, butler made from, it into an AI, you know, and then gave an AI, AI to a synthesizer today. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, Friday was hot. Voice. <laughs> Sorry. That's and then he made uh, three more AIs after, or two more AIs after He's that. Like one. A, remember, he has a whole box of them. That's where he got Friday from. He has a box of. He has a whole box of them. Do what? What if? What if one of the AIs is him? <laughs> well, that would be great oh, if yeah, we got does an have AI, a whole box the AI Iron Man movies. for Ironheart TV show, and mm-hmm. she was, and he was like the. Um, Basically, like the Zoron of the show, he's a floating head talking, giving guidance. So, uh, and it's just an empty suit with his holographic face AI, which we Vision get with part the, two, which I feel the, like is more possible the with of Tony Stark. Uh, Peter Parker's glasses that was given to him. So uh, once we're uh, once we're on there, once they're on the plane and everything, and they start taking off, um, we see that Zemo gets yeah. uh, Bucky or Bucky's book that has all the list of the people that he has wronged as the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I I think I I swear it feels like Zemo is just pressing too much into Bucky, uh, like what Bucky is up to. He's he, I feel like he's gonna try and use Bucky again or something like that, or use Oof. his weakness against him or something. I think from the moment he's, they he's always him. prepared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he ever has to like exploit um, whatever's going on in someone's head, like yeah. he's always ready to do that. He's trying to get leverage, is what he was doing there. And I like to point out that's right. also they point out that was Steve's book, uh, and yeah. so I, I found out the homage to Steve. You know how much Bucky cared about him. He keeps his book with him. Uh, you know, kind of parallel how to Steve was reemerging into the world. He used that book to help him, and so now Bucky's doing the same process. Um, maybe a and, little bit uh, different. He might not be listening to Marvin Gaye as much as uh, Cat did, but he's still trying to follow the steps. Marvin Gaye is trouble, man. You don't like Marvin Gaye? I, I didn't say I didn't like Marvin Gaye. I like Marvin Gaye. Why? I have Zemo's like, it's, it's the black experience, and he's like, he's not wrong, but you don't get to say that. You're not wrong. <laughs> He's like, you're not wrong, but you don't get to say that. Yeah. I thought that but, was so uh, weird. After, like, motherfucker. So after that scene, um, we oh, ended up in Madripoor oh, finally. So bad right there. Oh, yeah, we've talked about it from, I believe, before when we did our uh, expectations of episode one, we talked about this episode coming where we would go there. Um, it's something we've been waiting about, and we finally get to see it and. It was chock full yeah. of these. I like, I like as soon as they get there, um, you know, they talk about the smell of Madripoor. And I think that that's a nod to a, a quote from the comics um, that Wolverine did. Uh, the Wolverine from Earth um, uh, 21, uh, 923. Uh, and it, he said, I smell it even over the stench of the sewer. I know that smell anywhere. Smells like danger. Smells like life. Smells like ma- Madripoor. Yeah, Madripoor has a smell. And see, that's the thing too. Yeah. Is that, Very like, it makes me upset that they like they cut all these references to the X Men and stuff like that because 
like we see all these references to the X-Men in the Madripoor scenes and stuff like that later on in this episode. And it just, it irritates me to a point, but I'll, we'll talk about that later. When we get into the we'll get X-Men um, one day. Don't worry. Uh, so yeah, which we Deadpool supposed to be in the theater, so don't worry. The, yep, they're already, the uh, they're already working is, on uh, X-Men have, and Deadpool uh, 3. We see Carly in a refugee camp or whatever, but they they don't well they don't like to call it a refugee camp. They they, they they're just people trying to get back on their feet, basically. Trigger and, uh, don't call it a, she, a refugee camp. She is lying or she's sitting next to somebody that yeah. is dying from some unknown reason or illness or something. Uh, I believe that like a lot of the scenes that they cut from this uh, series and everything because it didn't work with the plot was I believe that uh, Madame Danya was supposed to be dying from the coronavirus or something like that. But th- but they, they yeah, it was tuberculosis in the episode. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. They don't want to trigger people too much. Yeah, right. That'd be a little, little triggering. See, it's also twenty twenty. It's also twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's probably gotten worse from the cancel culture. (laughs) So we see her crying next to uh, Madame Donia, who is nearing death. And uh, anybody got any takes on that? Anything? I mean, Sam puts it pretty well when he talks about her importance later on. It's like my TT. (laughs) Your TT? My TT. We'll talk about Um, that later with uh, Sam. She's obviously a role model to so many people. So obviously it has a huge effect on her and she talks about it in the next episode or in her obituary about her, you know, like she wasn't just, you know, someone that took her off the street. She was like her everything. She brought her up to like yeah. fed her, gave her clothes, treated her and loved her, but she did that for everyone. So she's obviously a, a mother Teresa esque figure to them and had a significant role in their lives. So right. uh, getting back on track. Um, Spidey, what did you think about seeing the uh, the Easter egg to the princess yeah. bar? And that uh, kind of well, thing? Before that, I want to actually point out something, that, because the next scene is the uh, bridge that uh, Sam says that he looks like a pimp on the bridge. <laughs> he looks like a pimp. I want to say that. But Black the funny swagger. thing is, because there's two Easter eggs to this, because uh, there's the Snap Wilson Easter egg where... Uh, Basically, Steve Rogers met Sam Wilson originally, and he was actually a pimp named Snap Wilson. And uh, a lot of stuff with, like, Red Skull and the Cosmic Cube and stuff. But also, this is also a reference to Smiling Tiger, a.k.a. Conrad Mack, uh, who is an arch nemesis of the New Warriors, who has, for a time, helped run the criminal underworld of Madripoor. And this is a big big x-men thing here like that's that's what i don't understand is why they have all these x-men references but then they're just like no that's no x-men yet. nothing so as they want us to get excited for it well, i think I they're, they're wanting to leave the that's x-men open uh like uh I, I think they want mm-hmm. x-men moving that that too, they want us to get excited for it, but well, I think they want the to too, have like, the X Men uh, movie speak for itself, we see, uh, uh, and they like, don't want to have things leading on, up to like, it. In Deadpool you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, how they mock the old uh, X Men movies and stuff like that, and mock how there was like the the 
the shoe jib pool and everything like that was really funny i love that thing um but um but yeah and then like how lucas was saying uh now that we're in madripoor which is madripoor is a big x-men uh city like that's it's a lot of x-men stuff going on there and we also as the through madripoor and we see these different cutscenes of like signs and different things one sign caught my eye really really well and that was the princess bar the princess bar which is originally owned by wolverine and has many other characters involved with that as well uh hang on let me i got my notes here pull up my notes real quick on the princess bar because uh there there was like a lot of other characters involved with the princess bar and it's there's so many different things to it so uh so right here. So the Princess Bar, which was is a drinking establishment in Lowtown District of Madripoor. It's own. It was uh, originally owned by a man named O'Donnell, which then later on it was owned by Wolverine because Wolverine was a patron of the bar for many many years, and then he eventually bought the bar and owned it himself. Uh, and then the bar was actually owned by partially owned by one of the crime lore overlords of Madripoor, which is Tiger Tiger, which I think is the reference that we're talking about with Smiling Tiger, I think, I believe, because I think Smiling Tiger or Conrad is the reference to Tiger Tiger or something like that. But then you also have, uh, there's a lot of different other characters, including there's Patch, there's Lindsay McCabe, O'Donnell, Sapphire Sticks, uh, uh, Seraph, and just other, you know, other characters that are in the X-Men universe that are referenced here as well, which was very interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that it, it shames me that they basically just tried to cut that with this uh, this website that they put up for Madripoor, and it was just so weird they cut that stuff out. Well, I think I agree alongside Evan. You know, they they want to leave it. They want to put these things in there. So that they have stories to explore in the future with X Men, um, but you know it's Falcon and Winter Soldier. They got to keep the attention on that, and um, bringing the X Men in is such a big event mm-hmm. that it would overshadow all the events in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So they don't want to do too much with the X Men because they they don't want to overshadow Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I think they're just showing some stuff so that they can you know because we might see the Princess Bar again. The future we might actually see logan and, running and, it in the future um if we get x-men because you know like we get to see quicksilver and mm-hmm. wandavision and everything like the original actor of quicksilver from the x-men universe and you know wandavision and everything i feel like they're leading like these are little easter eggs leading up to yep. something that's going to come up later on the road yep. so we might actually see wolverine and then pop up into the the mcu at some point i don't think we'll see quicksilver because you know that's that's like we'll we'll have to find out but that's what i'm saying is like they don't want to do it too much they don't want to overdo it because you know they don't want to lose the attraction of the show itself they don't want to overcast it but they want to get people hyped for it i definitely think people are actually come back um multiverse madness we can see stuff like that maybe quantiverse uh, mania quantum medium sorry um those kind of movies are places where we might see them i think my best bet would say the Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse Madness is a good place where we could see that being introduced. Um, 
And I think that you know, that that's going to be a point where we're going to probably get our kids back, and they'll be actually alive and real, and we'll finally have a, a real start to the Young Avengers, and later on with the X Men. So I think that's where we'll see that being placed, and I think they're setting it up for that. Uh. So, like, later on, we see them go to, like, this bar or whatever where they're trying to meet up with uh, Zemo's contact. And uh, one of the, you know, like, they have their aliases and everything where Sam is supposed to be Smiling Tiger and everything like that. Are, is there anything else, Lucas? You were looking at me like... No. No? Okay. You're getting it. Um, okay. So, basically, and then, you know, they walk up to the bar and he's like, the bartender guy is just like, do you want the usual? And then Sam's just like, what's the usual? And then the the bar guy proceeds to pull out a corpse of a rattlesnake, put it on the table, and then what was it he pulled out? Like the eggs? I of... think it was the... Might have been the... Kid. I think it was a, like an organ of yeah. the snake. Might have been like the kidney or something. Or like something in its stomach. I, yeah. I wasn't sure. I, I looked at that a few times, so I couldn't really tell. I don't... I'm not but, uh, familiar with the biology of snakes. Obviously, yeah. we can see here that Smiling Tiger, <laughs> aka the Crime Lord, is a man of exotic taste. And mm-hmm. I'd also like to point out um, during this bar scene, you know how we notice all the graffiti on the walls and everything as we're walking into it. Yeah, um, that was one of them, uh, uh, some of the graffiti on the wall says, that. "Yeah, the power uh, broker is watching." Uh, and power broker is know, watching. Considering what happens in episode four, when we get to that, it that's that could mean a lot. <laughs> considering what happened in the very next episode, um, but yeah, and then they go to meet up with uh, Zemo's contact. Like they start off with a fight though, and like uh, Bucky has to kind of act like he's the Winter Soldier again and ready to comply it's 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 really weird because like you know bucky's supposed to be freed from that but like he's able to pull off this like winter soldier act just a little too easily you know what i'm saying (laughs) like and i think that's what zemo was talking about a little bit too is that like maybe a little bit of the winter soldier still in there but like it's basically changing bucky for the better because now he knows that he doesn't want to be like that anymore well, now he has a choice. He never had a choice. And and uh, what initiates this bar fight right after uh, is uh, Sam gets a phone call from his sister, uh, and at first it's it's going on going Who pretty well, Sam? and then at the very yeah, end, whenever they uh, were talking she to, says, uh, uh, oh, "I'll talk to you later, name? Sam." Names sound so weird. Selby, it looks a lot like freaking Ellen DeGeneres. Like, am I not right? Hey, it's been a rough five years in the blimp. (laughs) Maybe Ellen had to turn some tides because it's been a rough five years. Ellen's got a dark side to her. It's not just the TV show anymore. (laughs) Well, she don't got it no more. They don't want her. Um, It was similar. But like Evan was saying, we see like things are going bad because their cover's been blown and Selby knows that something's going on. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, from the window comes a freaking bullet and snipes Selby and she's just dead. And oh, Sharon. Sharon, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, 
I think I think Sharon did that intentionally because she knew that uh they were they were about to get cucked basically like they were they were dead they were like Did dead you say to cut or cut uh cucked like they were they basically were caught basically um but yeah because we see her show up like not too long after that and oh man Sharon Carter it's so awesome to see her oh I love her beautiful She's lady amazing. awesome actress. Mm-hmm. Very depressed um, about Steve, the one that got away and went to her aunt, <laughs> her great aunt. Yeah. So after this, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, go to well, the shipping well, yard. Being, we we haven't quite got to that because remember we go to Sharon's apartment uh, first. Is or yeah, stored we get or to see her dealings up in uptown. Um, um, but yeah, like you say, Sharon, uptown, uh, yeah. uptown, or whatever you want to call high it, high town, high town. It's close, up and higher in the same area. Read a comic. <laughs> you read a comic. Okay. So, <laughs> so obviously we have like different like types of zones here in Madripoor. I believe that's how they have everything set up. There's like high town, and there's low, and town, low town. It's like very like low income criminals and stuff like that. And then we have people that are in high town, which are like they're criminals, but they're business. They're sophisticated criminals. Whereas the other ways, low life criminals. Yeah. Low life criminals and high life criminals. And then because she'd be having real artwork, like the real Mona Lisa up in there. And then obviously Sharon hasn't really forgiven uh, Sam and them for getting her basically kicked out of, the u.s or whatever because well, of them stealing the shield back it's not that it's just that they kind of they used her and then didn't and then left her to the side like collateral damage yeah exactly and you know they got to have their lives back but she never got her life back but, but um, i think that's a cover story i think that she actually is because she's very good at deep cover stuff deep cover ops I don't know who she's working for, but so, I think she's under. They got That's what I want to talk about real quick. Is uh, like they go to a party after this before they go to the uh, where the uh, storage crates are and everything to look for the, the for a uh, the scientist Neagle. Yeah, Neagle, yeah, Neagle. The who, who Dr. Made Wilfred Neagle. Yeah, Neagle. And basically, uh, they're they're at this like gathering or whatever. Like it's a business party. And they have a lot of artwork that they're selling. But I think that, like, you know, I think that she's working for someone or, like, Duckett has been saying that she's undercover working for someone to try and get to get some connections or whatever. I think she's working for the power broker or something like that. I think she's undercover working for the power broker. But the real people she's working for, for, I feel like... When she mentioned she had satellites that she could use, I instantly thought of how like Sword is in outer space and has like you know stuff up in outer space. Yeah. And I well, thought maybe she might be working with Sword. Sees everything. Yeah, yeah. he might the see everything, but to have to have satellites in, in this in outer space that that takes you know someone maybe even higher than Power Broker's um, pay grade. But yeah, and so. Like they, these pictures that they have, like a lot of people thought they were like in the millions and stuff like that, but the pictures were like valued at like in the like half a billion dollars. Like that's what uh, some people are saying, like theorizing and stuff like that, is that these are like paintings that are very, very valuable. 
Ooh, and they're like they're originals. Real. They're like they're like legit original artwork. They're not like what you see in museums where they're like remakes and stuff like that. This is like legit <laughs> artwork that is original products. <laughs> Sam giggled and he's like, "Hey, this is the real one." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "No way." <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she there's like she's got to be working for someone or is undercover working for someone, but. Yeah, we go to like the uh, the next scene, you know, in the warehouse, the storage yard, or whatever, with all the crates and everything. And I, I I think it's interesting how she has this information available to her already. Like she knows where this guy is at. Like it's got to be something connected to the power broker. Like I feel like she is working undercover for the power broker, and that's why she knows where this guy is at. And I think that Selby was just like somebody that was in the way of the power broker, I believe. And uh, she was just waiting for an opportunity to take her out, to take her down. And that was the perfect opportunity to do that when yeah. Sam and them showed up. And, uh, you know, we at the party, we get to see the amazing uh, Zemo dance, mm-hmm. like the, the Zemo dancing. <laughs> oh, that was the hilarious shit I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, we, got, we got the Zemo cut full, full version Zemo of cut. it. Yeah, I like how they, they put they rolled this out quicker than the Snyder cut. Yeah. They, they gave the fans what they wanted. They, so, they uh, might even be more popular. Exactly. Uh, she well, points, not more popular, I, but I, that, I'll take it. I'll take that more popular for sure. So Sharon points out a Watch container, aka container four two six one, which is actually a different type of Earth in the Marvel universe. Uh, Earth four two six one, which was where the Avengers actually died and were destroyed trying to prevent an alien invasion, which we've seen before and them to alien invasion it's a very common thing <laughs> so and it, it's like a what if kind of you know easter egg and maybe we'll even see that in the what ifs if like they failed in the the invasion of new york in the in the first avengers so mm-hmm. that's something we can explore later on um but with that they get inside we finally get to see the, the genius behind this new super soldier serum. Um, is it is it a new super soldier serum or is it the same it's, one? It's it's, it's a new a, it's like a remake. So a in the done thing, okay. In the comics, um Wilfred Nagel was um he's basically a scientist that um he kind of idolizes Abraham Erskine and he um and so he's trying to remake that version um and he's he's gotten the closest out of anybody i mean yeah. we, we've seen several other times they tried to copy um that serum i mean just look at abomination and hope they tried to copy yeah. that serum and it was close um for sure and then they tried to um which is also why i think um Thaddeus ross could be um either the power broker or involved somehow um, in this. But um, he definitely followed Abraham Erskine and um, and tried to just remake his work, not try to do his own spin on it. But in the in the TV show that he even talked about, he made it less messy, as he said it, um, where they right. the side effects. He, of, he kind uh, of improved on it a little bit. Yeah. So even but, if I mean, technology crappy. has definitely evolved since then. 
they're not going to be a bunch of red skulls if they're crappy persons, basically. So, uh, with, with right. the death of Selby, uh, Sam and Bucky are now branded with a bounty that a lot of bounty hunters in Madripoor are now coming to get, which of course leads to Sharon have to fighting these guys off while uh, Sam and them try to get information out of Dr. Nagel and Lucas, you want to talk about your uh, little Easter egg that you have with one of the one of the dudes there? Oh yes. my god! So the bounty hunters come after uh, uh, come after Sam and Bucky um, for and Zemo for killing Selby, even though it was pretty much obviously Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, or we, at least we think it's Sharon. I think it's Sharon. Um. But the bounty hunters are coming after them, and Sharon Carter is holding them off. Um, and one of the guys, she actually throws a knife into his arm, and he takes her down. And we see his arm, uh, and it has a tattoo on it. Um, the tattoo is in French, uh, and it uh, and it says, which translates to um, basically, we've only scratched the surface a little, uh, which I think is kind of a nod to how the MCU has only scratched the surface of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. um, and we're finally like getting into the the nitty gritty of it. Right. So I I don't know if that was intentional Easter egg, but it's something that I caught that I thought was interesting. Um. But yeah, and so Sharon's fighting off the goons, and then Zemo or Zemo prese- proceeds to try and get information out of a uh, uh, Nagel using force. And basically, what happens is to I, I I think Zemo intended to do this intentionally to prevent any more super soldier shield serum from being created. He flat out kills Nagel, just shoots him right in the head. Just dead instantly. I saw it coming. Uh, he couldn't let someone like that be alive because of the suit. He, you know, how he feels about the super soldier serum. He couldn't risk I more being made. Time, but not like right then. I figured it would have been a minute. Also, didn't that guy look like the guy from uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier when what's his name held a gun to his head? And then oh, are you talking about. In the in the shield building, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that guy was a little bit more tanner and had more wavier hair. <laughs> I know, but they looked so similar. So, a fire breaks out in the lab. They basically get outside of the lab, and there's more bounty hunters coming in. And then we see Zemo, who has slipped away at this moment, put on his purple mask his iconic purple mask that he is known to wear and proceeds to beat the snot out of all these bounty hunter dudes. And, you know, I thought he would try to escape at that moment, but he stuck around, which was not what I was expecting him to do. Because he still needed to find the super soldier serum and break, destroy it. And I felt like, you know, them, Sam and Bucky was still his best options at that point. Mm -hmm, Basically. Um, Plus, he didn't have the pressures of the Wakandans after him yet. So, but I love the that scene because we had this whole vibe of Zemo this whole time, and then when he puts on that mask, it's just like his whole persona was heightened, 
and he became well, like a different like, person. And too, even how they remember that uh, in the original comics that Zemo had his face horribly disfigured when he was fighting Captain America, mm-hmm. and that's why he had that mask on in the first place because his face was just horribly disfigured due to like I think it was like an adhesive uh, agent accident or something like that, if I remember correctly. And he just his face was all messed up and everything. That's why he had that mask and would wear mm-hmm. it all the time and everything. But still, it's an iconic thing, and it, mm-hmm. it was just so crazy seeing him with that mask on again. Yeah, and even how they filmed it, they filmed it in a different way than they had showed him normally. Um, mm-hmm. Just with the angles and the tension of the music and stuff like that, they they just brought his persona to a heightened level, I felt like, when they he put the mask yeah. on to show the difference. And even so, more he was more, even more badass when he had it on and did, did stunts and shooting and stuff like that. He in a crazier way than when he did without. I think it's a whole persona for him, that mask is. He becomes a different person in a sense. And yeah. maybe he will get his face messed up, and then he keeps the mask on, and that's why he's, the whole persona becomes right. him. Um, And and after I, that, I, we he see... He better wear that again. Right. The, oh, I think he will. The finale. He will I think point. he'll like don it as like a full-time thing in the end. So oh, we okay. we see another little hint at Sharon is working for somebody because she meets up with some contact after they finish fighting off the uh after they fi- finish fighting off the bounty hunters, she meets up with a contact and gets in the back seat of the car, which I think is a really big symbolism here. Go ahead, Lucas. Um so I also want to point out um, she is on the phone during that scene. Um, like she's walking to the car and she's like, we have a big problem. Um, and so I, I think who she's talking to is um, actually the power broker. Which makes me think she's actually is undercover because she's playing two sides. Right. Why would she give them up yeah. if she was working for them? Um, right. So she's definitely, I think she's playing deep cover situation. Right. I don't know if she is undercover, but I definitely think she is working with the power broker. I think and I'm sure I'm sure she has some reason for it. Go ahead, Evan. Hey guys. Okay. Alrighty. Have fun with the I gotta I gotta jump um, off and uh, take yeah, the kid uh, I'll be back on later. You know, I, I I think I really do think she's working for the power broker undercover. I I can believe that now. Uh, you know, with Sharon and everything. Um, but yeah, and so we see her get into the back seat of the vehicle or whatever, which I think is kind of a big symbolism here because she's not like driving the vehicle, she's not sitting in the passenger side, she's sitting in the back seat, like she she's is, boss lady, like sitting in the back seat, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's like a different thing completely. Like, I don't know, it's very interesting. Um, and then, you know, we see Carly after that, who is at a resource depot. And uh, they, of course, break into this depot and, you know, steal all the resources, all the food and everything that are inside this depot. But Carly does a turn for a turn that, you know, I didn't think that she would take. She has all the people locked up and. Uh, tied up and stuff like that inside the building and then proceeds to blow up her own car and set the whole building on fire while there are people inside still. And, you know, we see this act of violence uh, later on and I think before we see this episode or see that 
uh, act of violence basically brand them as terrorists. Like they're branded as terrorists now. Not 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 a uh, like a uh, what is it? Not a uh, revolutionist. They're branded as terrorists now because of that act of violence. And I think that's the difference here is that they she's crossed the line that she shouldn't have crossed. Yeah, but it's like the point of no return. She's yeah. getting there. Yeah, this is the first villain thing that she's actually done at the through the series so far. Um and uh after that, like I'm trying to see where my notes here. Uh so after that we see that uh you know uh John Walker right? Am I right? Yeah, John Walker. Uh uh we see John Walker and Battlestar in the prison finding out that Zemo has broken out and that uh it's possible that he- they think that Bucky and Sam broke Zemo out of prison, which they did in a way. In a way they did, yeah. He well, broke Bucky himself did. out of prison. Really. Show up. Um we didn't break him out, he just came to us. <laughs> just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, we don't yeah. know why. We came and visited him and then he followed us home. <laughs> he just spontaneously existed. Yeah, I don't know how he got here. And then uh what is it we see after that, we see Sam and them in the plane going to their next target, which they're trying to track down Madame, uh, Madame Donna, Donnie, is it right? Madonna. It's Donya Madani. Donya Madani. Okay, okay, my bad. That fact or, or Carly refers to her as Mama Donya. Mama Donya. Yeah. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we see that uh, they're on the plane, like going oh. to track down Mama Mama. Donya, just call her Mama. Mama, what they're trying to track down Mama. There we go. I'm just gonna call her Mama from here on in. Uh, we try. We see her. Tr- they're trying to track down Mama, and uh, Sam and Bucky start talking about the shield again, and that Sam says that he shouldn't have put it in the museum, that he should have destroyed it. Which, to me personally, I think that would have been the right thing to do because there's never gonna be another Cap like Steve Rogers, like. I don't know. Like, Sam's going to prove that himself. That's just basically a weapon sitting around for someone to use and use it but for the wrong purpose. And I think that's in the right hand, though. In the yeah. right hand, I know, but, the wrong, but since the wrong person is using it, it's been rendered useless. But here's the thing: yeah. Sam's proving himself to be the perfect one per- for it. Like, Cap already saw it, and itself, Sam's showing it, but, but he doesn't still believe it. Sam isn't. Sam isn't Cap. That Sam will never yeah, be. Yeah, no one, no one, no, no one, one can compare to Steve Rogers, and I think that's what this this series, and, this like show, is trying and, to emphasize on is that Cap is unique. Like he was a unique. Maybe hero. that's the problem. Maybe instead of trying to be like Cap, maybe they should be a, a version of him in their own right. And I think Sam mm-hmm. can do that because he's even when we get the dialogue with him and Zemo about, well, if you had the if you had the chance to take the Super Soldier Serum, would you take it? He says no. Would given the chance, I'm pretty sure everyone would have said yes, and I think that's why he's it shows that he's actually deserving of it because he's you know he's willing to toe the line and not he does he doesn't want to have to be that kind of person he's okay with who he is. And uh, I think he shows the values that Cap has. And that's pretty much it for uh, episode three. We have one more scene. Oh, um, oh, ooh, you missed it. So the. Um, after the um, supply depot, um, 
oh, in yeah, yeah. Uh, Lithuania. We have a scene with um, uh, Bucky, Sam, and Zemo are walking, and then Bucky sees out of the corner of his eye a Kamoya bead, um, and he follows a couple of them. Uh, he ends up in an alley where he um, he knows that um, he knows uh, that the Dora Milaje have shown up, and he's trying to look for them. And then he sees um, Io uh, appear behind him. I, I, and then I love it. Episode cuts out. Yeah, and I, I love that. Uh, what is it? Later in episode four, after he like talks to her, and they talk about basically that. Uh, Basically, they're there for Zemo, and he's trying to. And this is something I, I loved that uh, I wanted to point out as well. That back in episode three, when Bucky walks in to talk to Baron Zemo, Baron Zemo uh, says during their conversation that Bucky was a means to an end. And then later on in the beginning of this episode, when he's talking to uh, Aya, he says to Ayo. her, Ayo, he's, he says to her, He's a means to an end, which I think is so perfect because it's like <laughs> he's basically turned the turrets on Zemo, which is hilarious. Is and uh, they're both using each other. And then basically, uh, Io basically gives Bucky and them a short amount of time to get what they need done before they come to take Zemo back to prison. Right. Um, and we so that's the end of um, Power Broker. Um, which, which leads right into episode four, The Whole World is Watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that starts with uh, a scene of Wakanda six years ago, um, and it's a scene of Bucky with Io, and she's trying to um, treat him where he, uh, where the words won't um, trigger the Winter Soldier, um, and she tries the words for a final time, and it's really emotional for Bucky, and he has a lot of flashbacks, um, and you could tell that he's suffering a little bit. Um, cause he's he's unsure whether the words are going to work. Obviously, they've tried it several times, and it's been a process for him. It's been really grueling for him. Um, but the words uh, don't work, and they don't trigger the Winter Soldier, and Io tells Bucky that he is free. And he, he, you see, he sheds a tear, and I think that's not because he was in pain. I think it's a tear of relief. And He's I feel like, like you know, finally, yeah, it's like people that have been yeah, in pain their whole alive. life, and they finally get like you know, a magical surgery that fixes it or something. Or kids that have been deaf their whole life, and they get hearing aids, and like they cry because they haven't felt the way they they feel now in mm-hmm. forever or or in a long time. I think it is a, a cry of relief. He's been in pain all this time, and he's not. Yeah, if you ever see somebody that's blind and like TV or someone who's blind and they finally can see again, like that's like seeing all the different colors and everything, it's it's emotional like that for him. Mm -hmm. It's a release because it's been, I mean, 90 years now, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much, where he's he's been this soldier that's been controlled and he's finally has some freedom. Mm -hmm. He's finally Um, free for the first time. Yeah. If anybody understands freedom, it's it's Bucky. Yeah. And it's so the I first time he's been free since before the war. Technically, he's always been owned by someone. Go ahead. Right. Um, so, it's like they do, like, when they try the words on him to see if he still responds to that, 
what about all the other times that he responded to that as the Winter Soldier? What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, he would turn into the Winter Soldier every time before that, right? Yeah. When those words the were words said, would have an effect on him. Yes, and so here's the thing is... Uh, the the words were more so put in place when Ru- when he was in Russia, but I think a lot of so, issues. So they did, have you ever... the words weren't used when he was under when he was with you know Shield. Later on, we see, but when in his Russia time, Ethan, they didn't show you, those words being used a lot. Have you ever heard of a sleeper agent? Have you ever yeah, heard of that? This... Have you ever heard of a sleeper Ethan. agent, Ethan? Uh, no, I don't think so. So. It's believed that uh, that a lot of times in Russia or whatever that they have basically hypnotized people to respond to certain words that will basically uh, they act like they're a normal person, but once they hear those words, those words, those activation words, they become an agent and they're mm-hmm. basically sleeper agents. So that way they have no recollection of their work as an agent whatsoever. They only know that they are a civilian. That's all they know. Like, basically, it's like they don't remember it at all. It's a perfect agent because if they ever get uh, if they ever get uh, captured or whatever, they won't remember a single thing that they've done as an agent. That's what a sleeper agent. Yeah. And that's basically what the Winter Soldier was. Was He was yeah. a sleeper agent for Except Russia. he remembered every bit of it. Or for Hydra. Yeah, and those were placed in his times as being in, in Russia. Um, but a lot of times he was put under ice. So, like, even that made it worse because he, they would white out his memories. They put him under eyes. But when he used those words, that was more so forcing him to comply. Whereas yeah. beforehand, he was already ready. So those words hurt him even more than anything else. Yeah, so that's basically what uh, Bucky's going through is that he was forced to be a sleeper agent and is coming to terms with what he's done as that sleeper agent, as the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's why he's trying to make amends with the people that he's wronged over as being the Winter Soldier, because he's basically was a sleeper agent that he had no control over. So that brings us to our next scene. Um, We're back in the alley um, with Bucky and Io, and uh, she lets him know that um, they have eight hours until the door Milaje finally come for Zemo. So uh, I I also wanted to point out that you know how uh, like she basically freed him from the words and stuff like that. That this took place six years ago. So that took place right before they gave him his new arm back in one of the previous movies. Yeah. So that before... that's when that took place. Was it was a little bit before that. Basically. And so he had a little bit of peace as the white wolf, white wolf before Infinity War. Exactly. But like that's what I was saying is he even talked about it. He had the only time he had had peace before, like this was when he was the White Wolf. Before that was ninety years of just pain and uncertainty, being a sleeper soldier and not knowing what was going on. Just you know, but he has some of those memories, and you see that he. But even if he writes those wrongs, he has so much that he can't even remember that he can fix. So. Uh... His memory's been wiped several Yeah, times. a lot of times, yeah. Some of it he has retained, some of it he doesn't. Uh, Did you I, see... I will... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Duckett. You're me... good. I was just saying, you see, like, you know, it's able to come out of him because, you know, Cap forced those memories out of him. Um, brought the remind remember him, but, like, 
I think a lot of that process is, is like a lot of blank slates for him, and that's filling in the gaps. Uh, so basically, uh, okay. So the next scene, uh, we I, and I want to I wanted to point this out that I love that uh, Buck does this. Uh, Bucky tells them that the Wakandians are basically Wakandans. coming for Zemo at some point, and. Sam asked him, "Have were you followed?" And he's just like, "Oh, I would know if I was being followed." And he knew, he knew he was being followed. He knew, and that's yeah. why he said that. I thought that was a hilarious thing. Um, and then we have yeah. a really, really eye opener thing to uh to the superhero role with Baron Zemo and Sam and Bucky. They start talking about uh basically that. Hang on. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I was having a little bit of lag there. Um, but basically, we put these superheroes up on pedestals as representations of different things, like how we have Superman and Captain America as like major symbols of America and freedom and different things like that. And basically, these are guys that, you know, like Carly doesn't want anything to do with because they're basically they're just being controlled by the government and stuff like that. And that's like a major thing here. They're and, both aside from a, an older time. And they're uh, I, I think he says, what are they? They uh, like he basically compares the Nazis, Ultron and the Avengers together. And. And, you know, it's the crazy thing, too, is that um, that basically uh, a lot of the stuff that we see, like uh, Superman or Captain America in is a, is uh, American anti-Nazi propaganda. Like, we see a lot of that stuff. Like, basically. Right. Um basically he uh what was it he said he compared i think they were to he, i think he compared them to supremacists i believe or something like that yeah. isn't that what he said yeah right right and like just because they were fighting for a different cause doesn't mean that they weren't supremacists basically right. and you know mm-hmm. with like the nazis and stuff they, that was all about like uh white supremacists and different stuff like that like that's basically what they were a modern age Nazi, right? Exactly. And that then that leads into them talking about a peaceful solution to dealing with Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers. You know, since um, Donnie Madani is dead, Carly's in kind of an emotional state. They pretty much agree that um, if there's a time that they can resolve this peacefully, it's now. Um, they also talk about Sam's TT. <laughs> so I want to uh, point something out real quick that was really interesting so baron zemo gives sam a piece of candy known as turkish delight and this is a very interesting uh reference here because uh later in this episode we see baron zemo give this uh the turkish delight to children of at the refugee camp to get information out of them and kind of like buy them over and stuff like that we see the same kind of thing and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where the Ice Witch gave Edward Turkish Delight to win him. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was Edmund. Uh, She gives him Turkish Delight to win him over, and I love that little reference there. I'm just like, Turkish Delight? (laughs) The last time I heard that was in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like, that was the last time I heard that. I know, I got that. 
and I'm just like, man. So Baron Zemo's like some like white, like I the ice witch basically <laughs> of <in> this series. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Definitely more uh, cunning and. Um, I don't know, but like, creative. okay. So... He he was he even said that um Bucky and Sam were bad people yeah, and that's what uh what's her name said like, about what? Aslan to win the yeah, to win so what I'm getting at is Falcon Winter Soldier is just bad. a remake of the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Pretty much. Pretty much. But <laughs> I think I think that's uh, I think it's just symbolism here that they're trying to get yeah, across. No, that's just a joke. Um but uh and then we have like the next scene is with Carly and you know the other flag smashers and everything in this like ruins of this abandoned building, and they're watching a uh, news broadcast. And they've this is the moment when they were labeled as terrorists because they basically killed people that were inside the warehouse. Some of them were injured. Some of them, I think, like three of them died, but one of them was like a father of two or something like that. And at that point. They were labeled as terrorists, and they were no longer revolutionists. They are now labeled as terrorists to the world and the media and stuff like that. And I think a lot of stuff got cut here because they have some of the weirdest cuts in the scene. Because like there was moments where Carly was walking around, and the next cut, she's sitting at the uh, campfire right next to him. And then there's like all these like news media like phone imaging and stuff like that that had like no news uh station tied to them at all it was the weirdest thing ever like um, it was so odd it was an odd odd scene well, i think they, they cut a lot of stuff from this they, i think they did they've been doing that with a lot of episodes because i remember i remember thinking back about the first episode um what bothered me is when they were saving the uh that the, um, that captain guy they tied they zip they they tied his legs together on the airplane, but then when you watch him um, on the back of the guys uh, skydiving, his legs aren't tied. <laughs> so I've noticed stuff like that right. too, even in the first episode. Um, and see, like that's the thing too is uh, I noticed this as well that they've now what is it they issued issued uh, they issued out a thing known as the Patch Act which basically was trying to restore border, restore the borders to the world and everything and return everything to normancy. And I think that was really interesting that they said normancy when they said that. Normalcy. Yeah, because I'm just like, why does that sound familiar? And it's literally what we're going through right now in the world right now with coronavirus is we want to get back to ways the way things normally were, where we didn't have to worry about masks. We didn't have to worry about borders and you know, having to worry about like all these regulations and everything that we have to uh, basically adjust into our lives, mm-hmm. and we want to go back to normal, basically. So that that hit right at home in a way. Right now, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, for us, for us introverts like me, nothing's ever really changed. <laughs> I've always been indoors. <laughs> a little bit of lagger there. You're lagging. Um, but then we see oh, yeah. the next scene is that Zemo, Sam, and uh, Bucky arrive at the refugee camp to try and track down Mama, and they basically can't find them anywhere. No one's giving them any information whatsoever. They want nothing to do with outsiders. They want nothing to do with 
Or so they don't want anything to do with Avengers. Kids over oh. with Turkish Delight. Just like how the Ice Witch did. And the interesting thing that Baron Zemo says here is that his son loved Turkish Delight. And we know that his son died in Serbia when it was attacked, basically. Yeah, so. that was that was kind of a, a interesting reminder because um, I had completely forgotten about his family and everything. Well, um, I think the most important things about him, right? And that's that's another reason why he's so driven to, um, you know, to get rid of the um, super soldier serum, is because he he doesn't like heroes and and the um, the kind of the aftermath of of what goes on. Um, in those fights, I mean, so, and the Avengers. One thing that they failed at is, um, is like the damage um, that they cause, um, like surrounding their fights. You know, they don't they don't really worry about things like that. Now, if it was like My Hero Academia, you know, I, uh, they'd be properly right. trained for those and situations. Exactly. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> This is why we need hero regulation. (laughs) I want to point out here that when Zemo is walking up to the children, he is singing a song. It's the Baba Black Sheep Have You Any Wool song. I thought that was very interesting. It kind of was creepy. It was creepy. It it was. Baba Black Sheep Have You Any Wool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. And that's that's very interesting that he references a black sheep, like like they chose that song for some reason. Like, why would they choose a song about a black sheep? Because usually with the black sheep, you know, like how the black sheep is supposed to be the bad sheep compared to all the other ones with the white pelts and stuff like that. So um, I'm looking uncomfortable about that. What's so wrong with the black sheep, man? No, like you saying the white sheep's better? Why you gotta be? I'm saying you're taking that down a road. I do want, want to go down. Calm down, Ducket. Calm down. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know if I like that song anymore. <laughs> basically, what it means is the like you know how you call like somebody that's uh, like someone in your family that is like the black sheep of the family. They're basically like the bad one, basically. And I think that's some symbolism here to maybe. Uh, to John Walker being that he is the black sheep of Trinity Captain Erko, or it, it might not be that, but I don't know. It's very interesting that they chose that song for him to be singing that. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of little kids' yeah. rhymes have a lot of dark meaning to him, like, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, but, yeah. Like I was saying, like, oh. Anyway, continuing on. Um, All right. Um, so right, right after that scene, you know, Demo's holding the information hostage. He won't tell them where exactly the funeral is, just that it's at uh, Donya's memorial. Um, they're, they're having some sort of memorial for it. It's, uh, you know, and he kind of leads them there. Uh, and uh, we also see right after that, um, Sharon Carter makes... Uh, or Sam makes a call to Sharon Carter, um, asking her to keep an eye on John Walker, um, and she lets him know that um, she can have her eyes in the sky and watch him. She's somehow got access to a satellite, which I think is really impressive if she's in Madripoor, 
um, you know, she she must have really, really good connections um, even now to be able to get access to that, especially on like a tablet. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I was lagging for some reason. Um, You're right. But yeah, she's yeah, heartbroken. That's just another. Oh, he's gone. I think we lost Spotty for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Ethan? I was saying it's because she's a power broker. Uh, uh, no, no. I don't know. I, I don't think she's a power broker. She could be the power broker. Um, I personally, I think that she is just working for the power broker. Test, test, test. Yeah. Hey, Spidey, you're back. Sorry, my thing was, I was losing reason. I don't know what's going Sorry, on. Sorry, I think you're I think you're back now. We can hear you pretty well. Okay. Um but yeah, so so and then we have a scene um with Dovich and Carly. Um Dovich is talking about how he used to be a fan of Steve Rogers, Captain America. Um and he compares Carly to him, saying the world um he's a new kind of hero and that she is that kind of hero. Um and and they, they talk about kind of what it means to be a hero in this day and age. Um, and Carly responds, talking about the shield, um, saying that, uh, agreeing with Sam, saying that um, the shield should actually be destroyed. She's agreeing. What do you guys think of that? I think I... that Sam and Carly can kind of understand each, o- each yeah. other because they're both saying the same kind of thing here. And I, I, I think, personally... My theory is that Carly and Sam will team up and they're going to try and take down John. I believe that's what's going to happen. That's my opinion. I'm I'm really hoping that she can he can kind of um kind of change her mind on some different things. They're definitely very similar, but they go about um their mission like different ways. Um you know, Carly like- she she blew up a supply depot. I mean, and yeah. Sam would never do anything like that. that was, you know, that he has the same kind of heart that, that, act, that um, he regrets it. Steve Rogers had. It's kind of like the uh, I see a lot of like how like Black Panther Killmonger, Killmonger's kind of relationship was. They both had the same kind of ideology and beliefs, but they were different due to circumstances of events of how they mm-hmm. were brought up or stuff that had happened to them. And I think it's the same way with Sam and, and Carl Carly. Right, right. Um, and then we have um, right after that scene, John Walker and Lamar. Uh, they join up with um, our team, um, and they've kind of they're kind of mad that um, that they broke uh, Zemo out of prison. I mean, Zemo kind of broke himself out of prison, um, but he may have had a little help. Uh, and so they're they're going to try to take down um, Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers. And Sam lets him know, like, hey, he's trying to do this peacefully. Um, this is the perfect time when she's um, she's got a lot going on emotionally. Uh, and so they go to Dodonia's memorial, and he allows um, Sam to go in for a few minutes. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, this and Donya's memorial? I think, uh, to be honest, I think that, you know, like, they're obviously in mourning and stuff like that, obviously, and that I feel like Mama has had much more of an influence on this community than I think she 
than she, than I think has. But uh, I think she's kind of like a center figure for the Flag Smasher beliefs and ideologies and stuff like that. In a, in my sense, because hell, her freaking her little pendant is the Flag Smasher symbol, like. Mm-hmm. And I think that what is it that that's that icon is actually a a, a real religious symbol as well. It's just that it doesn't have a, a a globe on it. It's got something else on it. You know what religion? Hmm? Um, you I mean, know what religion? Uh, I don't know what religion it is. I'd have to look at it real quick. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, let me. Yeah. While he's looking at that, um. Jonathan, what did you think of that um, the scene with Donna's memorial and kind of Sam's talk with her? I I like how they brought back Sam's origins of you know talking down like vets and helping them um, you know, recover with after tragedy. I like you. Know, that was a skill set that he had pre hero being a hero. I like how they they showed him actually utilizing that more and um, connecting with her. And you know, just being—you know—it was—it was a real moment. It was—it be- wasn't between superheroes or power to enhance people. It was you know just two people talking about their differences, and you know trying to come to a, a similar conclusion because you know he agreed with her with a lot of what she said, but he was trying to bring reason. And I really liked it. I felt like a very real moment. Um, you know, and that's something that you know I like to see in the MCU is that hint of, of realism being brought. You know, it's being you know we got all these crazy abilities and people, and it brings us back down to earth. The things that we can relate with. So, uh, right. I so think that's he, a great callback to how, um, how you know, um, Steve Rogers told Sam, like, he's not a perfect soldier, but he's a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess, I guess he just said he was a good man, but, um, just like Erskine called, um, Steve Rogers a good man, uh, Steve called Sam a good man. Um, and rather than being a perfect soldier and being more involved in like, just just fighting and everything, you know, he actually looks into a person's heart and and tries to really connect with them. Um, and sometimes that can be more powerful. So yeah, that was something uh, I, really interesting to see. So I found out the the uh, the symbol the symbol that uh, the flag smasher symbol is, and it's oh, yeah. basically the hand of Hamsa, which is a a religious symbol for a type of religion that is known throughout different other religions and stuff like that. The Hamsa is an ancient Middle Eastern symbol that holds a variety of meanings across cultures. Nevertheless, it is regarded in all faiths as a protective husband that brings good fortune, health, and happiness. And in Jewish faiths, the Hamsa represents the hand of God and is known as the hand of Miriam. Interesting. Okay. So... That's I guess that's originally where the flag smasher symbol came from. It's just it's instead of an eye hand, it's a globe instead. Right, right. It's pretty cool. Um, and then of course John Walker gets restless in the next scene. Um and he kind of interrupts interrupts that um uh, talk that Sam's having with Carly. You know, he was actually making headway and they're really connecting, and John just kind of ruined it. Yeah, um, leading Carly to think that Sam was working with um, with John Walker, uh, and then we see uh, Zemo escapes from his uh, handcuffs and he shoots Carly, uh, smashes the super soldier serum, except for one vial. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and then uh, we see John Walker 
throw his shield um, at, um, Zemo. at Zemo, hits him in the head, knocks him out, and then um, John snatches a vial for himself. So a uh, quick thing that uh, that I wanted to point out here is that, um, you know, with uh, with John, we see him slowly deteriorating and everything, and you see that, like, we see that while he's waiting for Sam to talk, he's just got this itchy trigger finger. Like, he's just ready to go and just, like, basically get this girl and just end things and everything. And He wants to be care. successful on his mission. He wants to end it. Yeah, he just he just wants it to be over and done with, and I've, I, I people have symbolized that to like a lot of the stuff that's been going on like nowadays with like the Black Matters lights and stuff like that, with like a lot of br- police brutality and stuff like that that's been going on and whatnot, and I I can see it a little bit, yeah, but like um, but yeah, I think it's just because uh, Walker's becoming unhinged at this point, and like we see, he has these nervous takes. Hell, even in the uh, the scene where he's waiting for Sam to get done talking to uh, Kyrie, he's sitting there just staring at the shield, just staring at it, like like he's obsessed with it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the problem here is that he's obsessed with being Captain America. I think that's the major major issue here. And every single villain we have seen throughout the NCU universe, they have always been obsessed with something. And it's mm-hmm. always something personal to them. Like uh like for example, like with the Lizard Man and uh Spider-Man, he was obsessed with getting his arm back and obsessed with, you know, restoring himself to his original form or to and that was what happened was by doing that he turned himself into a monster thus wanting everyone else to be monsters with him so he wasn't, like, alone. alone. Yeah, It's a classic trope that we see very many times because he was here with Red yeah. Skull, his exception made him uh, you know, into a monster, for his game for power. Um, I think Ultron's world. another uh, mm-hmm. example of that. That's, I mean, he so wanted the that... entire world to basically just... I mean, the the world had gotten too out of hand uh, in his eyes, and so Same he, thing with he the, wanted to change what is it. it uh, the girl from the Miles Morales game, the new Spider-Man game that came out, like, like she, uh, what what character was she again? She was a, uh, uh, was character again? I can't remember. You got it. Taskmaster was it the Taskmaster? No, not Taskmaster, no. bro. It was uh the Tinker, the Tinker. Right. Yeah. And there like her obsession of getting revenge for her brother brought her. It made her evil. He even brought her to her own demise. And I feel like that's what's happened with Walker. Is he's just he's obsessed with this Captain America super soldier stuff, and it's taking him to a very dark place. And you know. That I think, uh, what was it? One of the previous, one of the characters in the previous uh, Captain America movies, he said that these. Uh, I think it was the original Doctor who made the super serum. He said the super serum unlocked Persona. one person and, himself. Yeah, and basically, like capped one cap. Captain America, Steve Rogers, he wanted to bring peace to the world and everything. And with that super soldier serum, he did that. He literally did that doing uh, the stuff with Endgame and stuff like that and with the Infinity War and whatnot. And, you know, he's he was an actual hero. But with John, it's different. 
his obsession with Captain America is wanting to turn him into something dark. And it's that desire that he wants to be a super soldier and have that power of being Captain America that is turning him evil. Right. Um, I think, too, though, he was, you know, we see a lot of scenes where he's being not enough. And when we get to where they're back at the hotel, uh, and he yeah. gets wrecked by the Wakandans, you know. A well, lot we'll, of we'll great get to that. We'll get to that. that. A lot um, of good stuff. Before that happens, um, we have a scene where Zemo's talking to Sam, um, and he's asking Sam if he would take the serum uh, if he had the chance, and Sam, without hesitation, says no, which I think is pretty admirable. I think that makes him even be- more accurate to be Captain America is because of that answer. Right. Oh, and yeah. It's a, exactly. He's the one willing to toe the line, you know, and lay down his life for the for the little man, even though you know, you know, even without the serum, and that's what makes him even an even more of a choice because he he doesn't have the serum, he doesn't need the serum to be able to do great things. Where John right. Walker feels like he needs to. Right. I mean, and you know, someone like Steve Rogers. You know, I, I think he did need the serum. Yeah, John, um, I think he, it definitely helped him. But um, for Sam Sam Wilson, I, I definitely think he can do great things without it. And Steve would um, try to do his best without it too. He never wanted the serum to be greater, and that's where I think it makes the difference. You know, right. The serum only helped him be able to help others, and for everyone who else who has taken it. The serum has been a way for them to be greater. They wanted to improve themselves, to be stronger and faster. Exactly. He never cared about that. He never did. But um, for Steve Rogers, something that um, that the serum helped him with, he wouldn't have been able to fight like he mm-hmm. like he did um, because you know he had all those medical problems and things like that. That's why he had trouble getting to the army. Listen, he was a um, and that's something that definitely helped him once he got the serum. You know he. He was a um, a perfect soldier after that. Um, so and then right after right after that, um, John Walker barges in with uh, Lamar Hoskins, and uh, they barge in to take Zemo, and then the Demo, uh, the Dora Milaje uh, walk in. Which is one of my um, favorite scenes of the whole series. And they kick John Walker's butt. I loved it when they threw the spear and it went. It shows how much restraint and skill they have because they threw the spear and it went th- past his hand into the holder of the shield and into the table. And where they could have, right. like, with the accuracy of that without hurting him, but disarming him in that way was awesome. It was insane. Right. Um, and so I, I really loved that fight scene. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny later to see John upset that he he lost to non super soldiers. <laughs> it makes me think about like when uh, Tony talks heck. about uh, inadequacy issues. Like you know, it's okay, can't get it out. <laughs> I couldn't do it. He feels very inadequate, and I thought that was hilarious. Right. Um, and then of course during the fight, um, Zemo takes his chance after just sipping there, uh, drinking his drink. Um, you know, he sees the opportunity, he dips out El Chapo style, which is pretty funny. Um, 
And then we also see during the fight, um, Bucky's arm was neutralized by the Wakandans. Yeah, he got Buzz Lightyeared, I like to say. Yeah. For to reference to Toy much. Story 2. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, and then, um, so after that scene, you know, we don't know where um, Bucky is, or um, sorry, we don't know where Zemo is at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so do y'all have any idea where he went? Oh, he's obviously he at this point his his use for Sam and Bucky have ran out. He's destroyed what was the serums ever left. All he needs to do now is take out the remaining super soldier serum, uh, super soldier users. Um, he doesn't need them for that, and I it's a lot easier that, uh... if no one knows his location because now the Wakandans won't be able to just track him easily. So he's going undercover. He's going underground. I feel like we're going to see him try to take out super soldiers um, well, on his own. If he does, that means he's going to be coming for Carly. Or, yeah, he's going to come for everyone. I mean, obviously he's coming for Carly. He he already shot her in the stomach. Yeah, so he already yeah. is trying yeah, to take her down. He is to kill her. Like he'll come for Bucky eventually too. Right. Pretty much, John Walker. Um, Baron Zemo and then Sam and Buggy, like all all three of those teams like are, are coming for Carly Morgenthau, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. I feel one like for Glory, I feel like, I feel like Sam and Buggy yeah. are gonna be teaming up with her, to be truthfully honest, to fight off John Walker and Baron Zemo. Because I mean, Baron and we're Zemo probably is... gonna see I think we're gonna see Power Broker in the next episode. Mm-hmm. I think whoever he is or she, yeah. I think it'll be revealed in the next episode. So that'll be something interesting there, too, because that could be a whole talk. other side to the fight. There's been talks of big cameos coming in this next episode and the one after. Um, so uh, I feel like whoever is power broker is going to be someone we have probably seen before, or someone famous that's going to make us really happy that they're in the MCU. So uh, we we go on. Maybe to someone maybe that the Vision uh, has never worked with before. You know, Sam and Bucky meet up with uh, Carly or whatever, and apparently, and Carly does another very evil thing. She basically calls up Sam's uh, sister and threatens his family or whatever, and which is a very dark thing. But I don't think she, uh, I don't think she meant to be threatening. I don't think she meant to do that. I think she just was uh, trying to understand him more, so that way she can understand if he's on her side, basically. And uh, you know, after that, they uh, they start to run away, and basically, uh, Carly tries to kill Cap or the new Cap or whatever, or kill John Walker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And well, right all- after but, after she calls Sarah Wilson, I mean Sam's furious, but, and so I Sam think, and Bucky meet up with her. But there's uh, an in between then, scene that's very important with Battlestar and John Walker that they talk about, where he oh, talks yeah, yeah, to yeah, him yeah, about yeah, yeah. the Super Soldier Serum. And I think that's important because right. even though he wants to take the serum, Battlestar has been his guiding voice. And he talks to him because I think this is where he's trying to make the decision without make you know being open about it. And that's why he asked Battlestar. Would, and then we see that parallel with Zemo and Sam, you know, would you take it if you could? Hell yeah, I would. And I think him it saying yeah. Was, he didn't, it was interesting that he didn't tell Lamar um, yeah. that he had a serum. I think that was weighing on him, and I think he wanted to have an unbiased, a natural opinion on it, because if he had had the serum, he might have gotten a different reaction. 
if he had told him. So I wanted he probably just wanted an honest, pure answer from him, and that's what he got. And I think that's why he took the serum. Yes, he needed that confirmation without any kind of baggage um, or extra knowledge needed. Um, and I think that's what, that scene was very important for why he took it. static in your mic there you go uh, um so after um carly uh calls sam sarah wilson and sam and bucky meet up with carly uh we hear uh from uh we hear from sharon carter that uh, walker is on the move um and so um so sam and bucky eventually uh, just immediately leave uh to go catch him um, and then Lamar is caught, and then we find out that Walker is actually taking the serum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sam sees that. Uh, and then we have that huge fight scene with um, with Lamar Hoskins, um, John Walker, Sam and Bucky, and Carly, and the Flag Smashers. Um, uh, what'd you guys think of that huge fight? I quite enjoyed it. I like to finally see. We finally see, you know, John Walker truly derailed. He's gotten what he's wanted. He's, he's, you know, what we've been hoping to happen. He's got the super soldier serum coursing through his veins. And we get to see him try to be what he's been wanting to this whole time. And, you know, and if we know what happens at the end, you know, he's, he's not really doing a good job of it. Uh, but he, it's a lot of intensified scenes. We get to see a lot of good action, a lot of super soldier craziness. I like how, you know, uh, where they're just all keeping toe-in-toe with each other, jumping off buildings, jumping up flights of stairs like it's nothing. You know, this whole super soldier fight scenes. It, it's uh, a very interesting thing I want to point out. This was a really cool thing that somebody mentioned uh, that, um, you know, uh, during the scene are, well, oh, that's right. We, we haven't even talked about uh, what happened with Battlestar, so we probably should talk about that first. <laughs> Yeah, what'd you guys think of um, Battlestar's death? I mean, Carly just accidentally killed him and it just set John Walker off. Okay. I did not see that coming. It was like, bum, bum, bum. Oops. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I think, uh, you know, Carly was like intent on hitting, hit, hitting uh, John Walker and everything. And I think that, you know, he just he was he just got in the way of that and basically was protecting his friend, but in the process he ended up getting himself killed in the process. Yeah. Right. And that kind of uh, immediately immediately um leads into our final scene. You know, um he's trying to find Carly because he wants he wants payback. You know, he's like, Where is she? And uh um a quick thing I want to he... point out too is that uh one of the you know the scene where he basically jumps out the window and lands on the car. Mm-hmm. Well, that was actually one pretty of, dope. One of Cap's pre- like one of Cap's previous scenes. Uh, he like what was it during Infinity? No, it was it was Civil War. It was Civil War that this took place during uh that one uh raid or whatever. To jump up into the building. Whereas John Walker jumps out of a building, 
and jumps down, his descent into the madness of becoming super patriot. And then, you know... And then we see that next scene, which... Oof. Right, she that chases was... after after Carly, and she... Uh, or, sorry, John uh, chases after Carly, and um, he catches up with Dovich. Um, you know, and, and he's like, it wasn't me, but he, he knows that Carly is close with Dovich, and he just murders him right, right there, right then and there in front of the entire crowd of people. And I like how that's, you know, the episode's name, you know, the whole world watching, you know, they're, they're all watching the whole world at that moment is, is watching him, you know, they got their phones out, they're recording him and he's going for the chest, which I think is another important thing, because if we remember in Civil War, when Cap and Iron Man were fighting, you know, he was using the shield to break his chest and you, he hits, knocks his face uh, helmet off and, you know. Iron Man thinks that Captain America is about to just take him out and he stops. Well, you know, John Walker doesn't stop. And that's there's another that's like the final big difference between them, you know. Cap isn't willing to do you know what John Walker just did. He has he has a line that he'll never cross. John Walker doesn't care. He'll pull it out and murder someone. Uh, and in that scene in Civil War, I don't ever think that he no, but was Iron Man had he even had a thought in his mind to kill Iron Man. I just think it was, I just yeah. think it was crazy and that Tony actually thought that that's what he was mm-hmm. going to do. And that that's just where the way of the like, conflict you know, that happened. John Walker that he would do it, but Cap never would. And I think that's what they've been trying to show this whole time. Right. People have been upset. Yo, this is no my Captain America being cruel, even to the actor to a certain point. And I don't think that ever it was ever meant to be that he was actually going to be Captain America. No, I think that they, they from the start were trying to distinguish that he's different. He's you know you, as much as he wants to be Captain America, oh he will God. never be. And that's what I think they in that final scene. Which I think was right. very vivid in that act that he is not Captain America. He's, you know, that's he's now a whole different 180, you know, with the blood on the shield. You know, that's, I think, even though it's the first, I don't think we've ever seen blood on the shield in that manner. Uh, he's tainted the shield, he's tainted the legacy in that moment. Right. And I think that the blood on the shield showing you like that is representing of it. Yeah, John Walker kind of reminds me a little bit of. <laughs> he's cool. uh, he's and definitely he's, he's definitely up there with that. He's got that that complex. Yeah. Um, but it was really mm-hmm. emotional seeing like Dovich's death and seeing how Carly reacted to it. Like she was just, she was just so heartbroken. She, you could like she see couldn't do anything eyes. about it. Um. Yeah. Uh, and something I do want to tell all our uh, all our listeners, uh, going off of what you said earlier, Dougie, um, like the so the actor for John Walker has again all kinds of like death threats and things like that. I mean, and as much as we hate the the character, I mean, it just goes to prove that mm-hmm. he's a great actor. Um, he's just portraying a character. You know, he's. Um, you know he's a, a true Marvel fan. Yeah, and, wait, why? Uh, he's just that always character so, getting death threats. Well, it's the same thing with you know, uh, you know, the person plays Scarlet Witch. I can't, I forget her. I have a brain fart on her name. 
she's had the same kind of issues with people. People are just cruel. You know, it's a it's a TV show. It's it, they're movies. You know, they're not real, yeah. but you can just enjoy these environments. But you, these are just normal people. They didn't do anything wrong. Like that, there's no reason to that would warrant people to have that response. Same way we see with the uh, the what's her name that played Rose in Star Wars, or what's you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh yeah, her. yeah, and she yeah you know, right. the harassment of it is just it doesn't right make sense. Back. You know, I hate the um, it's okay to enjoy a show. It's okay to hate a character. You know, I mean, obviously people hated Negan, but, it, you know, and, but he was the testament to it. I mean, it's I a like love-hate Negan. relationship. I love the actor too, but you gotta, you gotta define yeah, those yeah. lines, man. It's, it's, it's not reality. There's no reason to treat someone like that. Okay, I mean, it's not real. They're just yeah. reading words off of paper. And I love That's that his characters in there. We get to see, you know, more of a, more characters from the super, from Captain America storylines that we haven't had yet, and you know, being a huge fan of Captain America, I love that they're exploring those other stories that's from his, from his side of the of the superhero world, and so I think people are listening. You know, you know, be respectful of that, you know, and also encourage other people around you that you see treating people like that to be more, to be more, more respectful on that matter because. I mean, we can't, you know, we can't have these shows. We can't have these talks and even you know, be here where we're right now with the, without those actors doing their job, um, creating those characters, bringing them to life and giving us something to talk about. Um, you know, they, they are a very important, you know, to a lot of people. Um, they, they give people purposes. So I feel like just be chill with it. You know, I think that's a big thing that I've been seeing a lot lately. That's not cool. But on a happier note, you know, awesome episode, great ending. Two more to go. Look forward to seeing more Sharon, more Zemo. You know, Dude. I can't we're, wait to we're, see this We're guy, reaching but... the climax of this series, mm-hmm. too. And after this episode, oh, man, it's taking a turn for sure. Yeah, nothing to be really hold back. Where, where do you think it's headed, guys? Oh, I think we're going to see the full potential, of I think, of every character. We're going to see outcome of john walker i think the next episode we're definitely going to see a rejection of him as captain america um them them still wanting to milk the mantle um maybe even saying hey you know falcon maybe you want to hit it up i definitely think we're going to see a fall of this cap uh john walker yeah or i personally i think they're going to try to cover it up you can't cover that up man they the world was watching it's the episode name. It's the world watching. You can't just yeah. Um, you can't just delete everyone's phone and pay off a bunch of you know millions really? of people. I think there's no yeah. way around it. Um, I think they're gonna just absolutely deny them. I, so. I think they're gonna be like you know, try to justify his actions, but deny him as Captain America. See a rejection of him as Captain America. They might not even take the shield from him, but we will definitely see a rejection of him as Captain America. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, for sure. Now that the world has seen what he's done, mm-hmm. what he's no about, way. yeah, he, exactly. there's no way that they're gonna have him as the label of Captain America anymore. They're they're gonna change him completely. He'll. This is basically the turning point for where he will become now Super Patriot. This is his yeah. turning point right here. Yeah, under Super Patriot or U.S. Agent, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but he'll definitely I'll be like some US sort of vigilante. U.S. Agent's kind of kind of darker than Super Super Patriot. Super Patriot was kind of like his own thing. Super Patriot was meant to be like his title before he became Captain America. Mm-hmm. It was his yeah, Rising exactly. Hope era, yeah. but the U.S. Agent's the fallout 
yeah. of being a failed Captain America. Exactly. And that's, 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 so that's, that's like the thing too, that's the difference between Super Patriot and, you know, uh, US agent is that whole fallout thing. Like it either works or it doesn't. And that's yeah. basically which way you go. Oh, sorry. No, uh, I feel like that was you this time, Lucas. You just went really fast. On yeah. Like that's, uh, it, Buddy, depending on how, there which again, way but... it's gone, I feel like, yeah, he's probably going to become US agent at this point. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I think we're going to see more Zemo. Yeah, right. we're definitely going to see more Zemo. Maybe more yeah. Carter, Sharon Carter. I, I really um, hope we can see him kind of... Gonna, technically, if you think on, about it, episode. if he loses the title of Captain America, then yeah, he's just another U.S. agent. He's just another agent of he's the... Just another US agent. Yeah. Another U.S. agent. But he'll be a better one because he has a super soldier serum. <sighs> oh. Yes, yes. I hope I that's like... going to be a big reveal right. for the last episode. Uh, I want to see and, the cast uh, Hopefully we'll get to see the power broker in the next episode. I am definitely hoping to see who that is. That's still a banger. You know, uh, that's not still seen, um, uh, like it was Agatha all along. It. So funny. Yeah, I still yeah. have Sorry for the delay on third episode. Uh, lots been going on. You know, we had Easter coming up oh, and a lot of conflict schedules. Busy, busy, busy with the fans. Busy, busy. Um, but thank you for having patience with us. I know this one to be a little bit extra longer, but, you know, we got more to go. This is a really good series. And, you know, thank you guys for tuning in with us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> had to get the whole yeah. it, it was literally going to be just uh, me and Lucas that last one and I'm just like oh, hour, I don't so. know it just doesn't feel right like to just do the two of us it, it yeah. feels better to have everyone here for the uh, the podcast yeah. so last night was last week was definitely a good time to actually cancel an episode and re- yeah, redo a lot of for sure, for sure. So much I, mean, I was out of so town trying to get oh, back yeah, it too. was just a lot of issues Evan was moving into a yeah. new place which looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely Still expect some better edited content and uh, some YouTube and more live streams coming your way. Definitely more in the um, definitely more in the Patreon. We're talking about um, doing a uh, episode on the new show Invincible. Yep. Um, so that would be something interesting to come. Um, and also Modoc. Yes, Modoc. Um, we're uh, planning to do D and D. The our last episode. We've actually recorded episode two already for you. That'll be coming out pretty soon. Um, and then we'll introduce our new D and D series. So get ready for that. Bye it's guys. Be exciting. Bye guys. But thank you guys for Good listening, night. and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>